Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Donnerom Monologue podcast. I am your solo host for these monologues, as always, Bo. And uh, before we get into it, again, we want to thank our longtime sponsor, longtime friend of the show, Ashley Luann K. Uh, you can find her on Instagram at the Minnesota Nurse. She posts a lot of really cool nursing stuff. She does giveaways. Uh, she has a really fun Instagram, guys. Go check her out. And of course, uh, we always want to so- show support for her because not only is she our sponsor, but she's been very supportive of the show in the past. Uh, so we're going to talk today. This is the last game we'll talk about this week. The last game specific, like whole episodes about one game specifically. And uh, I think it's the most iconic game for the PlayStation 2. I absolutely love it. I still think, I mentioned on Monday, I still think it's one of the most visually stunning video games ever made. I still think it's one of the most engaging games ever made. And it is from a very ven- venerable series. It was already a super established series by the time the PlayStation 2 was released. And we knew that the PlayStation 2 release would be a huge one. I am talking, of course, about Final Fantasy X. This game, like, it, it, it set the standard for what games would have to be on the PlayStation 2. It came out about uh, maybe a year into the PlayStation 2's lifetime. Let me, let me check here. Um, because the PlayStation 2, of course... Uh, was released in North America. Uh, hold on, guys. Um, guys, and, and, and this is sort of the thing. I love being on YouTube. I love being able to see you guys. I love showing off our awesome shirt. I love showing off these awesome environments that Adam has been able to put into his home for the Donorom Studio. But uh, the, the advantage, and I've t- spoken about this a lot of week, uh, the advantage that pure podcasters have is when they have to look up something, it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily as jarring as it is on video, right? Like, but you guys are getting to see my cool phone case with Goku, Kid Goku. Um, Goku with the tail, that's just awesome, isn't it? Um, So the PlayStation 2 was uh, released in North America on October 26, 2000. Uh, So then we get, um, we get Final Fantasy X on... While I'm looking that up, I'll talk to you about something else. So, Final Fantasy X was, wow, we were really, really, the hype for this game's unreal. I don't think I've ever seen hype for a game. Um, This game, and of course, Final Fantasy X and Halo 2, both from the sixth generation of video game consoles, uh, about about three years apart in release. I think these are the two hypest releases I ever experienced in my life. Uh, excuse me, goodness gracious, guys. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy X is the fifth best-selling game for the PlayStation 2, coming in at $8.5 million. I mean, 8.5 million units sold. It was released on uh, December 17th, 2001, just in time for holidays here in North America. So, yeah, it... Um, about a year, a little more than a year into the PlayStation 2's lifespan, but it was absolutely the PlayStation 2 game. This was the game we were all looking the most forward to. And it's incredible to me because even on the uh, the, ga- the the game, the back, normally the back of a game advertises like what you can do in the game. And it does. But it, it's ad- advertising the play- what they were able to do with the PlayStation 2's capabilities. I think that's interesting. So characters with voices, every, almost every line of dialogue, almost every single line, the ma- blinding majority of lines was spoken. That's huge for a JRPG real time facial expressions. Now we all have a lot of fun with the tightest laugh scene. 
all of us. There's nothing wrong with that. But for you to say that in 2001, that the way these people were moving their faces when they spoke and everything wasn't absolutely game-changing, you're a liar. I mean, you'd be a liar. The, the, the fact, what they did with these complete 3D environments, the environments just look gorgeous. It's still such a visually stunning game. and The design in it is just next level. Not just... Tetsuya Nomura's character design, which I'm a huge stand for Tetsuya Nomura's character design. I think he's the best. It, say what you want about him as a director. I still think he's one of the best video game directors of all time. But as a character designer, the man cannot be denied. Um, and a newly designed battle system. And the environments, it has a very Southeast Asian, uh, you know, sort of Pacific Coast kind of feel to it. And that was also inspired by Tetsuya Nomura, who, of course, loves islands. He grew up on an island there in Japan. Um, this would again be seen in Kingdom Hearts, but uh, it, Final Fantasy X remains iconic to us uh, because of the next level that it took the series to. There is no world map in Final Fantasy X. It was one of the first JRPGs to utilize the uh, linear travel system where you just sort of have a straight path between towns and stuff like that. Its battle system is very different in that you can actively switch out characters during a fight. You'll be in a fight, and you can bring in characters that weren't in the fight when you got into it. Uh, I love that. I think it's a great way to play the game. Um, the sphere grid is a it, it. The sphere grid is complicated and frustrating for some people, but I like it because it adds a certain level of customization to these characters. Uh, and the cast of characters are great, and and the game deals with. Uh, religion in a very, very real way. It, it falls the trope of the big JRPG religion turning out to be a bunch of bullcrap, but it handles it in such a way that there was su there was enough of an element of truth to it to where it's realistic these people have followed it for this long. And so it has uh, it has everything I could want in a video game. It has a fantastic villain. It has excellent uh, it has excellent characters. It, it, it the plot and characters are so lovable they got a sequel. That's incredible. It was the first sequel to a Final Fantasy game. To a main-numbered Final Fantasy game. It was the first one that got a direct sequel that continued its story. Um, we have a lot going on in Final Fantasy X, but what was going on in the world when Final Fantasy X came out was probably more important. We had an entire... Uh, we had an entire league of people that were just so hyped for this game, and when it came out... It almost couldn't live up to hype, and tradition and Final Fantasy traditionalists had been upset for the past three games. They got nine, which is a super traditional Final Fantasy game and a wonderful game. Uh, it is Hironobu Sakaguchi's favorite Final Fantasy game, but uh, and it was sort of what everything Final Fantasy was. And I say was because uh, people hate on the Tetsuya Nomura Final Fantasies. That is the ones where he became chief character designer and had such an influence over the main story. He had a huge influence over the main story of all the games he was chief character designer for. 7, 8, 10, so forth and so forth. Um, I don't believe he worked at all on 12. Matter of fact, he designed a couple of the races for 11. Uh, and then, of course, he came back full force in, in 13. And these games get a lot of hate because people say they're not really Final Fantasy, right? They're not traditional fantasy, so they're not real Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy's never been traditional fantasy. There's robots and spaceships in the first Final Fantasy game. You know, Final Fantasy always been about change. As much as I've said this before on the show, and it's why I love these two different series for two different reasons. Final Fantasy, uh, Dragon Quest is about tradition. Final Fantasy is about change. It's about development. It's about growth. And Tetsuya Nomura, to me, symbolizes that growth in a very real, very cool way. Um, and 10 is just the absolute pinnacle of its growth. 10 
everything that everything about thirteen, everything about fifteen, everything about uh, eleven and twelve, and even even elements of fourteen were were really derived chiefly from the radical changes they made in ten. And uh, ten is just something. Uh, I, I was talking to a good buddy of mine, Nick. Uh, Nick is a, a, a we. I would love to have him on the show. Actually, he has a lot of really cool opinions on video games because he kind of dropped off on video games after the sixth generation of video game consoles. He uh, incredibly gifted athlete and musician. Actually, uh, Nick, if you're if you're listening, and I, I I think you are. I know you listen to the Sunday podcast. I hope you listen to the monologues. But Nick, if you're listening, we'd actually love to have you on the show to talk about a couple games. Um, because the games that you did play back in the day, you were extremely knowledgeable of. But he said that the great thing about Ten was it, it showed us it was it, it showed us what the PlayStation Two was capable of. It was the most PlayStation Two game of all time, and I have to agree with him. The first game I think of when I think of a PlayStation Two is Final Fantasy Ten. Um, that's actually my copy of Ten that we have over here. Um, it's my copy of Ten and Kingdom Hearts. The rest of these games are uh, Luke Alves. Uh, oop. Uh, Adam could cut that out. I didn't mean to use a last name. I don't know. If, are we against using last names? I don't know. Adam could cut that out. But they're Luke's. The other games are Luke's. But um, insert a long pause here for uh, Adam to be able to edit. Or maybe not. It'll just be awkward in the final episode. But yeah, these other games are Luke's. The Final Fantasy X and the Kingdom Hearts are mine. And uh, Final Fantasy X was a turning point for uh, Squaresoft. It was still Squaresoft when Final Fantasy X is the last mainline Final Fantasy game that would really no eleven was scratch that the uh, vanilla eleven and maybe the first expansion, but uh, so it was a turning point for Squaresoft. Uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi had stepped down, I believe, by the time this game came out as a uh, vice president of Square and of Squaresoft because of the failure of uh, Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within the the movie. And um, a lot of video game journalists love to drag him through the mud for that. But uh, it, it, Mr. Sakaguchi, if you're listening, uh, you dared to follow a dream, and I have always respected you for that. I've always respected you for that, and your legacy is intact as far as uh, as far as uh, the fans I know. I, I know that's so important to you. You're like, man, I just hope Bo still loves me. <laughs> I hope Donorom still loves me, but no... Uh, Sakaguchi, you're a legend, absolute legend, and uh, I personally, I like the Spirits Within. I bought it. I own it on. Uh, I own it. So, um, but the Spirits Within. Let's see when that came out, um, and because it, it, its commercial failure, its failure at the box office was uh, what prompted him to step down, and it was released in 2001 uh, at uh, July 11th. Uh, July 11th, 2001 in the United States. And what's important to me um, about that is, so it was shortly after that that Final Fantasy X was given to us. And he was still involved in its production, but it was released after he had to step down. So it's really, everything about Final Fantasy X is changing of the guard for Final Fantasy. Everything about it. All of it. It's, and of course it was the 10th entry into the main series, so that's always a milestone. But it, it it sold a lot of cop it sold a lot of consoles with the PlayStation Two. I'll guarantee you that. And it's it was the first game to come out after Final Fantasy had it solidified itself as a name in the West. Uh, Final Fantasy Seven VII and Eight VIII and Nine made it a an extreme niche thing. Like it was kind of like a Iron Maiden. Like Iron Maiden is huge. Like everyone loves Iron Maiden, right? But it's not a it's not a household name. It's like people that like rock music love it. 
And so people that liked RPGs like Final Fantasy, but Final Fantasy X made it to where people that like video games like Final Fantasy, if that makes sense. So Final Fantasy X brought a lot of new fans of the series, and I think that's why it's still people's favorite. Um, and uh, I love the bright colors of it. Uh, so the first game Tetsuya Nomura worked on seven has a very dark aesthetic. Eight had a brighter aesthetic, but not quite there. A much brighter aesthetic, and I love that about it. I love the oceans. I love the bright views. I love the the bright colors. I love that in games. It's one of the things that attracts me to Warcraft is it's not gritty like other fantasy things. It's it's very bright, very vibrant, and I've always loved that about Final Fantasy X. I love the setting of ten. In fact, um. Water is just incredible. It's kind of like uh, Hoenn uh, from the third generation of Pokemon from uh, Sapphire and Ruby. There's a lot of water in this game, and I love the way it's used. I absolutely love it. Uh, Titus is almost always depicted standing in water. Um, one of the most iconic scenes is him and Yuna in the in the pool of water, speaking to each other, both dripping wet, of course. And uh, the so the first time Final Fantasy tried to make a... De- romance has always been a part of Final Fantasy, always. Almost all the games feature some sort of romance, except for the first one. But uh, eight, the central point was Squall and Renoa's romance. But Titus and Yuna's romance is almost as iconic as Squall and Renoa's, maybe more so because this game's liked better. But uh, ten, it, it felt real. Titus and Yuna felt real. It really did. Ten's um, HD remaster is still one of the best-selling things it, it was released for the playstation 3 it was released for the playstation vita it's released for the xbox 360 it was released for the xbox one it was released for the playstation 4 we're going to get more releases on the playstation 5 and the playstation and the i'm actually playing on the switch and being able to play final fantasy on the switch a game that's another thing a game that was once so state-of-the-art that was so central to a system that we thought was the end-all be-all to be on a handheld system nowadays is incredible um, I thought it when it came out for the Vita. I thought it even more when it came out for the Switch because with the Switch, I have the option of playing this beautiful HD remaster on my TV or handheld. So that's absolutely something that's super important to me as far as that's concerned. Um, and guys, I don't know what else to say. Super easy to obtain. It's on every system ever. Go play ten. Go play Final Fantasy ten. It's just a matter of time before it comes out for our cell phones. So guys, go give Final Fantasy ten a play. Let me know what you think. Uh, if you played it when the originals, let me know what you think. In fact, let's get a Final Fantasy thing going on our Discord. We have a Discord, by the way. Go join it. Uh, that link is always provided. It's excellent. We're having a lot of fun there. It's a blast. Uh, a lot of my real-life friends are making friends with people that we've met through Donorom. It's awesome. Uh, our merch is still up. We're still selling our book. We're in the process of writing another book. We have these awesome shirts. We have uh, stickers. Uh, we have a Patreon up with lots of cool Patreon exclusive content coming up and as always the simplest thing you can do for us guys uh, the simplest thing you can do for yourself like, share, and subscribe uh, and if you're in the mood for other podcasts that maybe don't cover video games or or so, you know what you want other subjects you need something else to listen to on the ride to work or something uh, please check out our brothers and sisters on the Rally Network uh, we're very happy to be a part of all that that big family and guys as always I can't wait to see you tomorrow and talk some more